You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I'm talking about how to prepare for the NBHWC exam. So this is the National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coaches exam run by the US organization, NBHWC. So if you're registering for this exam, the next intake is coming up, and maybe you're wondering, well, how do I prepare for the exam? And I get asked this a lot, so I wanted to cover the key steps that I took to prepare when I sat the exam and to help you understand what to expect. I've also included some links in the show notes at the end to help you to navigate the exam prep resources that NBHWC provides. So we'll cover a few things today. Firstly, what the NBHWC exam is all about and why you might want to sit it. Secondly, how do you prepare for that exam? And I'll talk through three main points for you to cover and then what to expect on the day. So let's start with the first question, which is what is the NBHWC exam all about? Well, it's basically a process that qualified health and wellness coaches, so people who've done a recognised training course, can go through if they've completed that and passed that recognised training course and then they want to be accredited with an international governing body. By sitting and passing the exam, you're essentially getting certified as somebody who's completed a certain standard of demonstrated knowledge and practical skills in relation to the core competencies of a health and wellness coach. It's probably something you want to consider doing if you want to work for a digital health or digital coaching company such as BetterUp or if you want to work internationally where the qualification is recognised, particularly in the US. In any case, when you go through sitting, completing and successfully being accredited with an industry body via a certification exam, it proves your competence as a coach and that can be a credibility boost for you and for your business. So if you've applied for this current window, which is December 1 to 15, and you're getting prepared for the exam, I'm going to talk about what to do next. And if you haven't applied, the next intake will be in May 2023, I think it is. But this is basically the process you'll follow once you've applied to sit the exam and have been deemed appropriate and competent to sit the exam. So even being eligible to sit the exam is its own process. If you get through that, then is exam preparation. So the exam competencies cover four main areas of coaching, coaching structure, coaching relationship, health and wellness knowledge, and ethics of conduct. And we'll dive into that a little more shortly. But the exam itself is four and a half hours long. It's in a secure test facility and you need to book that in advance and they are only found in capital cities. So if you live in a rural area or one of the smaller capital cities in Australia, you may need to travel interstate to sit the exam. And that four and a half hour exam session is really a computer test with a series of multiple choice questions. The questions aren't about your knowledge specifically in most areas. It's more about your ability to know which skills to use when in a variety of different health and wellness coaching scenarios. I'm going to talk a bit more about that later too. But right now, I want to start by walking you through the resources that are provided by NBHWC and then talk about how I recommend using those resources to help you create a study plan and to actually do the study. So there are three parts to preparing for the NBHWC exam. 
The first one is reviewing their requirements and study materials that they provide. The second is to create and implement a study plan. And the third is the administrative steps that are involved in your application. So let's talk about preparing for study, starting with the materials that are provided. I'd suggest that you allow about 30 to 45 minutes for this first step. Go to the NBHWC website and review the resources that I'm about to give you an overview of. And me talking through them will save you a little bit of time and, and give you some mental preparation. What you need to do is go to that website, nbhwc.org, and then in the top menu bar, you'll see a tab that says board exam. When you click on that, there's a sub-menu that says exam prep resources. So you click on that and it will take you to a page with hyperlinks where you can click and download or view those resources. So here's the high-level tour of those resources. And this will help you get into the mind for study planning. Firstly, there's an upcoming events link. And I highly recommend you click on this and then look for an upcoming event which is called NBHWC Exam Q&A. And that is you booking into a live webinar to learn about the process of applying and the examination itself in the live setting where you can ask questions. Now, if it's not in your time zone, you might be able to get a recording. I'm not sure about that, but I highly recommend attending the Q&A session. Next, you'll see the Certifying Examination Content Outline. And this is a booklet that's about 28 or 30 pages long. I recommend that you click on that link and download the booklet and take about five or 10 minutes just to have a very high level look through it so that you can see what's going to be assessed. And please note that the assessment is not the test of knowledge, so you can't rote learn for the exam except perhaps in the ethics and a bit of the health and wellbeing sections. It's that test of your ability to apply knowledge in a real life situation and all of the multiple choice questions you get are going to focus on your ability to take the right approach in different situations with clients. So when you open that content outline that talks about what's in the exam itself, the first section that is to be assessed is about coaching structure and you'll be expected to demonstrate that you know how to prepare for a session you'll be all over the coaching skills that you use in a first or regular session and how to set that session up and how to close a coaching program in a final session. So it's a lot more about the structure. In the coaching process section, you'll be asked questions about the coaching relationship, communication and coaching techniques. And this is the biggest section of the entire exam and it covers multiple areas to do with the doing skills and the being skills of coaching. More specifically, you'll need to show, once again, which specific skills are relevant in different scenarios and sometimes how they are used. For example, how do you use reflections and how often? That's not an example of the question, but that's the, the theme of the questions. So if you think about reflections as a skill and how often you use them or when you use them, it's going to depend on the client's readiness to change, how they show up in a session, the focus of the session, and possibly which session number it is. So if you were to see a question that says, in session eight, Greg comes in and he's feeling agitated about blah, 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 what would you do? And reflection might be one of the options in the multiple choice 
question. You need to decide, is that the best answer to give? And you need to make sure that if it is about reflection, that it's in it's the right way to go about approaching that situation. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, next is the health and wellness section. So once you've worked through that bigger section, you'll be asked a few more questions that you could do a bit of rote learning for, like memorising. And this is where your knowledge of specific guidelines, specific metrics of health, like for um, blood sugar or blood pressure or specific number of hours of weight training per week that's recommended for adults and knowledge of chronic disease and symptoms is tested. So you may need to quote specific guidelines and please note that it's US guidelines being tested. So no matter what country you live in, if you're sitting the NBHWC exam, you'll need to learn US metrics unless they've updated that and recommend otherwise, but it doesn't look to be the case. So you'll need to understand symptoms of disease, different risk factors and basic facts about each condition. And the goal is that if a client walked in and displayed some symptoms, you would need to be able to identify whether they might need referral to another professional or that you might be working outside of your scope and those sorts of things. The final section of the exam is about ethics and legal considerations. So you'll be tested on your knowledge of professional conduct and ethics. Once again, the focus being on application of those guidelines in a real life setting. So we'll come back to the detail of this in a moment and how to study, but let's look at the other resources that are in that section on the website. The next thing to look at is the practice exam, and this will take about 10 to 15 minutes to look through that. And it also gives you an idea of what it will be like on the day because the exam is set up in the exact format that you'll see at the testing center. So you can come back to this during the period that you're studying over a number of weeks, but it is a good exercise to, to look at because it's exactly how it will be laid out on the day. The next thing to look at is the bulletin of information. And this is a lot to do with the administration of how to apply the process that you need to take, the steps that you need to follow to register for, book in and go through the test. So at this point, you might just want to take five to 10 minutes to look through that bulletin of information, maybe not go through all of the detail right now, but just to see what it covers. So it includes, as I mentioned, test delivery, test centres, how it's scored and reported. But what's really useful, I think, is on page 13 is the steps listed in the application process that are clearly spelled out. And you might have to go to another website and log in, pay a fee, come back to this website and then go to the Prometrics test website to book in your session. So what I recommend you do is use the bulletin in your planning to schedule any key dates into your diary for actions that you'll need to take in the weeks leading up to the exam. And one thing I recommend that you do as soon as possible, once the test uh, application window opens and you've paid your fee and you've been accepted and all of that, is book your exam date and time using the Prometric Test Centre link. And the reason why is that there are it's only two weeks or two, 15 days that you have to sit the test. I don't know that they run tests on the weekends. They might. There are only limited test centres in Australia and limited spaces, so they can book out very quickly. I remember when I booked my NBHWC exam, when the window first opened, I thought, oh, there's heaps of spaces. I'll think a bit closer to the time because I had to travel to Sydney for mine which is a four-hour trip and I needed an overnight stay and so on. 
And then a week later, I only had three time slots to choose from because they only allow a certain number of people in the room. So just warning you, get in as early as possible and be prepared that you may, may need to travel interstate to get to your nearest test centre. Next on the website is the Code of Ethics, Scope of Practice and the HIPAA Privacy Rules. And these are resources to help you study and prepare for the ethics and legal section of the exam. There's also a job task analysis, which is a paper giving some background into the NBHWC and the role of a health and wellness coach. All of that said and done, let's talk about studying for the exam. Because once you've downloaded the content outline, you're ready to map out your study plan. And the way I studied was I created a plan and worked out I could spend two to three hours each week over 15 weeks leading up to the exam to prepare for it. So based on how much time you have and how you like to learn and how much time you have each week, you can follow a similar kind of schedule or something more condensed if you need to. The way I worked it out is that when you look at that content outline booklet, it has 26 main sections and each have three to eight subsections. So if you allow two to three hours for each of the 26 main sections, that's probably right, some will be slightly more or less, but it evens out. You're looking at roughly between 52 to 78 hours of study. So between now and when you actually sit the exam, the date that you've booked, this is going to help you to work out roughly how to set time aside each week before the exam. I suggest that you get in some of the standard coaching textbooks to help you do your study and review. For example, some of the resources that were recommended when I was going through the intake in 2018, the Coaching Psychology Manual by Shannon and Moore, Wisdom of the Whole by Bark, Motivational Interviewing by Miller and Rolnick, and Wellness Coaching for Lasting Change by Aloski. So I bought these four books, or I had a couple of them already, and there are others that were recommended, but for me, they got me through the exam. And each one of those has a few pages dedicated to most or all of the subtopics that you'll find in the content outline. So when you get your books together and you find the relevant sections in each book and read what each has to say, then you can write some summary notes. For example, let's say that there is a piece that will be examined on reflections. So I'd go to my coaching psychology manual and look at the three or four pages about reflections. And then I'd go to the wisdom of the whole book and read what did they say about reflections and so on. Maybe there was nothing about it in Miller and Rolnick, for example. I think there probably would have been if there was reflections. But so basically for each of those subtopics, I'd put my books on the table, open the relevant pages all at once and read them all and write summary notes. And then I might also reflect on all how might that show up in a different session. For example, if a client showed up deflated or excited or happy or haven't achieved their goals or whatever. So then I'd not just think about the study notes I'd written and my own summary of them, but how would it apply in a real life situation? And when would I use that skill? So hopefully that gives you some help for preparing and by chipping away at those sections each week, you'll start to build up a notebook full of information that you can always go back and read and test yourself with during the week. So what can you expect on the day of the exam? Well, when you enter the test facility, you'll be asked to secure your possessions in a locker to prove your identity and to show that you have no way of cheating. <laughs> 
So you'll be given a locker key and in there you can store your wallet, any food that you've bought or other personal belongings and all of those will be checked first to make sure there are no cheap notes. And I think you might be given some directives on what you can and can't bring. You'll also need to show your driver's license or other identification to prove who you are and I think it needs to be photo ID and you probably need to have a printed record of your test application and fees paid but please check the bulletin document to confirm that. And finally, to prove that you won't cheat, you might have to pull up your sleeves to show that you've got nothing written on your arms. Same with any pants legs if you're wearing pants and turn your pockets out. They want to make sure there's nothing written anywhere on your body that you can sneakily look at. You will also be monitored through glass by a team of observers and they'll have cameras in the room. They'll give you probably a little laminated A4 paper and a whiteboard marker so you can write notes and erase them but that's the only thing you'll be allowed to take in. There is the opportunity to take a break during the exam but there are rules about that too such as only a certain number of people can leave the test room at the same time. Once again the bulletin document will give you information on that. I also recommend during the exam that if you come to a multi-choice question and you think oh I'm not quite sure about that answer then you flag it and then keep moving on and that helps you to stick to the time. And you can always come back and review and re-answer those flagged questions at the end. It's way better to keep going than to sit there pondering on the one you can't quite decide on. And then at the end, when you've checked everything, you'll have the chance to review everything if you still have time left. And then once you hit submit, you'll be free to go. You'll hand back the whiteboard and marker that you've been given and they'll let you know if anything else needs to be done. And while four and a half hours is allowed for this, you might do it quicker. So for example, multi-choice is really easy for me. I like them and I find them better than written exams. So it took me about two and three quarter hours to complete it instead of four and a half. So to summarize what we talked about today, we discussed some of the things that you can do to prepare for the NBHWC exam and some key points I recommended are to visit the website and download the resources they provide, diarise key dates for any administrative actions like paying fees, printing out confirmations and booking your test spot as early as possible, possibly also needing to book accommodation, just mentioning that too. Create a study plan for your 26 main sessions over a section sorry, of the exam over a period of weeks. And I'd say if you have 15 weeks available, that's two to three hours a week of study, or you can do it in shorter time and more hours if you prefer. You might want to buy some textbooks to help you study. That's up to you. If you're traveling interstate, I'd say get there a day early so you can prepare mentally. And on the day, take limited belongings with you and prepare to show photo ID and be searched for cheating notes. Then take a deep breath and get started. I hope you found this helpful and it's given you a bit of reassurance and confidence about what's involved in the exam process. And lastly, good luck. Thanks for being here again this week. I look forward to seeing you next time and bye for now.